Hey everyone, this is Caden, back again on What's the Delio. Welcome to our third week of our distance learning series. This week, Noah moderates a discussion with Kentaro, Adam, Bear, and Karina, and we talk about recent developments. Then, I'll be interviewing math teacher Ms. Patali and learning more about the differences between AP and non-AP classes during this break. Mire will be interviewing Young, our student body president. Finally, stay tuned for a message from Mr. Nelson and a news update from Jacob. First up, we have our panel discussion, led by Noah Sylvester. Over to you, Noah. Hi, I'm Noah with What's the Dealio, and once again, I am here with... Kentaro Mathis, I'm a freshman. Adam Platek, I'm a sophomore. Bear Sihi, I'm a junior. And Karina Samson, I'm a senior. So, with distance learning, one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have been having is staying social. So, my question for you guys is, how are you guys staying social and maintaining that uh, human aspect? Uh, nothing. Dead. My social interaction is completely been cut off. I probably just talked to one person. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, this week, I haven't really been in contact with any of my friends, but uh, I'm in a Discord server with my friends. So if we're studying something like the same subject, I'll join the call. Or like if I want to have lunch, I'll just message my friends. So I want to have lunch at McDonald's and, you know, we'll meet at McDonald's. Uh, for me, I've actually kept my social life pretty intact, pretty well. I see at least a couple friends a day. Sometimes they come over to my house and then we just like do homework, play 2K, relax, chill, things like that. Uh, other times, uh, yeah, we'd go get some food, things like that. So it's, yeah, it's still intact. For me, we actually, I feel like my social interactions and my friends have actually kind of increased in terms of how much contact we have and how much time we spend talking to each other in the week. We do Facebook calls every other day just to check up on how people are go- doing and like doing homework and all of that, just having fun. And I think it's also the sentimentality of senior year and like losing a month of school where you sh- you're supposed to be like spending your last time with your friends and everything. Like, we definitely try to up our conversations. And it's kind of nice because now we can talk, like, throughout the day and not just have to wait for activity periods and lunchtime. So I think mine's pretty good. I agree with some of what you said. Although I'm not a senior, for example, like, I go to the gym with some of my friends and things like that. And so during that period of time, like, I get to know them more, get to know them better, things like that. Yeah, definitely talking to people more. Because normally when you're in school, it's, like, activity or free. And then... It's school, 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 bus, you're kind of tired, sports, things like that, studying. But now it's like you're flexible more than ever. So with a greater trend of social distancing that's coming up, how does that kind of affect what you do both like socially and just in your everyday life? It's hard because, you know, you want to hang out with your friends, but uh, due to the coronavirus and with social distancing, it's hard because you're not able to hang out with them outside um most places are closed or you have to wear masks and a lot of quarantine the stress on being inside probably would limit people's experiences with you know having fun with people i mean you can still call and be able to talk with your friends but i feel like it is very limiting on the things that you could do i would actually uh argue with what bear just said because like for example 
if we were in Italy right now, then we wouldn't even be able to leave the house or most of the places are closed. But we're still in like Japan where they've actually like not closed down everything and we could still kind of do things unlike some other countries. That is true. But I feel like it's the though you can still go outside, there is that sort of paranoia or fear of mm-hmm. like you are more reluctant to go outside than you are usually. When it comes to like deciding whether or not to go out with your friends and everything. For me, especially, I've tried to limit it to once a week. And like usually in a not very crowded area, like a park or something, or one of my friend's houses and it not being like a huge gathering of people. Just because, yeah, like Bear said, the paranoia is kind of subconscious, if not conscious in like our minds. So it's like, you're, it's it's hard because coronavirus is such a, like a moral responsibility for everyone in terms to like, in terms of social distancing and limiting spread. So it's, it's coronavirus, the coronavirus situation is like super engrossed a lot of our lives and how we think about our social interactions and what we can do. So yeah, it's pretty limiting. Uh, honestly, staying inside for so long, it, it, it's uncomfortable. Um, it's like for people in countries like Italy or China, of course, where there's there are like the major outbreaks. It's just must feel we're fortunate compared to them because we, you know, we're not completely closed off, and so I've been using that. um, I haven't been taking that for granted. Like I've been trying to go outside with my friends while I can. Mm. Yeah, I feel I feel the same. I feel like we should kind of be grateful we should be grateful for that but also not try and take advantage of it but be able to utilize it so that we we can optimize for our own lives and our own lifestyles but again be mindful of other people and still you know stay safe wash your hands you know (laughs) still be responsible of your own health and for the rest of the community but you know you shouldn't lock yourself in the house that's not going to help anybody you know it's not going to help your mental health or physical well-being either so you know i think it's a good idea for people to moderately you know everything in moderation you know wash your hands keep yourself safe quarantine but in moderation toilet paper in moderation oh yeah toilet paper in moderation stop please (laughs) and no panic please because honestly What's pretty difficult, I think, about Japan is that we don't really know the true numbers and that we're pretty skeptical about the numbers that they give us in terms of who's infected and how it's spread so far. Right. And there are just a lot of policies that we don't know that are be about to be put in place. It comes to surprises for us. Like Bear said, don't be miserable and everything, but do your part kind of to stop the spread, flatten the curve. And it's something that we should definitely be more mindful about, especially while we're living it right now. And we probably don't want to infect a ton of people. Definitely don't want to. So it really is like kind of being safe than better safe than sorry in terms of how you kind of mitigate how you might play play a role in the whole spread of the virus. So. Right. The people of Tokyo we should get worried. Well, not worried. We should be prepared soon for as I believe, uh, they're going to lock us down like they do with other countries. 
I feel like I like, agree. Yeah, I agree. I think a lockdown may be something in the future for Japan. Um, there have been reports. Um, thankfully, I know uh, Japanese fluently, so I can understand some of the newspapers mm-hmm. and news. And a lot of the media that's been put out is that there's been predictions that there would be a three, maybe two, three week worth of lockdown of course there's no need to panic panic is what leads to the downfall of a lot of communities so i think it's important that people are wary of the situation you know stock up talk to your parents consult with your family about ways to keep yourself safe as well as your community and be able to prepare for uh, such, you know, situations and outcomes. Actually, on the note of a possible lockdown, do you think before something like a lockdown would happen, do you guys believe that they'll maybe extend distance learning past what they already have, or what do you think? So first, first, first of all, I think that uh, the lockdown and uh, distance learning will, like, like, first of all, the lockdown will happen if it does happen, and then distance learning will be extended. But regarding that, I have a feeling that Japan might not lock down. Like, there's a small chance that they might not, just because they will still want the chances of the Olympics to be alive. Because if they postpone the Olympics, Japan loses billions of dollars. The Olympic Committee... Right. At this point, the Olympics, it's almost for certain that they'll be postponed because of the just the risks of hosting such a massive event and calling forward like massive crowds of people, especially in Japan where there is a large number of cases. So I think the Olympics, there's probably, there's a low probability that they'll happen. Actually, Japan has uh, one of the lower spread rates in cases. I think a lot of people in Japan are more self-conscious about germs and diseases. They're very careful about wearing masks. And regarding the Olympics, I think there's been the report saying that they're not. Te- Japan is not testing for mild symptoms. Yep. Uh, so, I I very much disagree the, with the the protocol of not testing people with mm-hmm. symptoms because mm-hmm. that's not that that really doesn't make any sense to me because if you're trying to prevent a disease from spreading i feel like the best way to prevent it is to be to be very cautious mm-hmm. and every step with you know a lot of vigilance yeah i think well going back to noah's question about just both the lockdown and the DLP extension. I, I see two cases. So basically one case is that we come back to school on April 6th and then we will we'll probably have to go back to DLP at some point after that week or two weeks after that with the Japanese government being like, no, we still can't have mass groups of people together. Still DLP, go back to DLP. Another thing I can see is that it's DLP being extended week by week. So now we know that it's a week extended past the original plan that we had maybe who knows if abe declares something or something happens that significantly may be a little more dangerous for people to be out and about for school then it'll be extended another week and then further on i really hope yeah i really hope that we come back 
just because of everything. How is everybody thinking about with the cancellation of the SATs and the AP exams? Now, I know for maybe the underclassmen, some class, some tough things or some of the cancellations of the recent events don't apply. But like, how is everybody feeling about that? Because I'm certainly very much <laughs> angry and disappointed about that. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but they can't do much about it because it's for our safety. But mm-hmm. how is everybody thinking about that? It's really well because, I, like I mentioned before, for senior year, like you only have a few months with your friends. You only have a few months to do the activities that you like to do. Inconvenience, unfortunately enough, the activities that I kind of stack on happen during the spring season with the musical being canceled and everything. It's a little bit worrying and upsetting that the musical was canceled. But in terms of the APs, it's, I heard that College Board was thinking about putting the AP exams online or finding another way that we could do that in the case that we'd have to keep with the DLP and all of that. So it's really interesting to see that. Some more about the SAT for you guys. But yeah, it's wild. We're going to have to end it here, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks to Noah and to our panelists, Kentaro, Adam, Bear, and Karina. Next, I interviewed Ms. Vitali, who teaches math from algebra through calculus AB. Hey, Mr. Patali. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Today, I'll interview you about ASIJ's new distance learning program and what you have been doing to keep an engaging online learning plan for the students these next few weeks, especially highlighting what has been like having to deal with both AP and non-AP classes. Through the distance learning plan, most AP students have been anxious in regard to the end of the year of tests and how prepared they will be, and non-AP students are stressing about other tests when we come back from the program. What has it been like having to deal with teaching both AP and non-AP classes simultaneously? Uh, sure. Um, you know, different in some ways and not so different in other ways. I say I think um, it was important for all of us in, um, in thinking moving forward to keep the structure of our classes and our routines as normal as possible. And that's true for all of my classes. Um, what's been different is... In my non-AP classes, I'm really thinking about, okay, what are the essentials and how do we make sure students get what they need to progress in this course? Um, What is an appropriate pace? I've also been thinking about that in terms of in a distance learning setting, what is going to be the most effective? And and so I've been having those thoughts in those non-AP classes. In the AP class, however, on the other side, it's been same thoughts, except I, we, we have to keep the pace. Uh, we have to keep the pace and we, and we can't right. cut any of the content, for example, or, you know, or save it for later, um, as we might be able to do in the non-AP courses. So that's been the biggest difference. And so then in terms of keeping everything almost the same as it normally is, how do we do that in the distance learning setting in those AP classes? What changes have you made to make to your teaching approach and the tools you have been using as a result of this distance learning plan to best equip your students in the program with the skills to continue to do well in your classes? Yeah, a big part of all of my classes is student in uh, group work is 
they come in and they sit down with a group every day. And from the moment, the first day activity, which is always a warm up to the day's lesson activity to any practice that we're doing, that's they're constantly working with each other. So that was the first mm-hmm. thing I was thinking about is, oh, my goodness, how are we going to continue to do this? It's huge. Um, and I know that, you know, in talking to students, they value that and they um, and since this, you know, that's one of the things they're missing. But some things we've put in place to keep that going, um, because I do believe it's one of the most effective learning tools, is um, the Google Hangouts. So, for example, we have office hours every day um, for for my classes, um, and I'm able to partner up with the other teachers that also teach AP Calculus or that also teach Algebra 2 so that we can alternate. Another thing that we've all put in place that's been really important and effective is a Google document outlining each day's lesson what it says on the google document is lesson 55 and then there it's a table and there's two columns questions on one side and answers on the other and so students have been using that to post their questions so that you know when you have a question outside of office hours time or where do you where do you put that and not just so that you're emailing the teacher and getting a response but putting it on a google doc for everyone to have access to because of course students have the same questions or they realize oh wow i didn't have that question but now i do um i will say that in my ap classes that document has been like used a ton um and i think the students are really um appreciating it in my non-ap classes it's still being used not as much but i know the students that are using it have said that they appreciate having it available Yeah, definitely. How has the program affected other aspects of life disregarding school? How has it affected your family time or social life, free time? Sure. Um, Yeah, I think... We're, we can take it a little bit slower in the mornings. We're still pretty good to, you know, wake up fairly early, but maybe I have a son, so, um, and he's four or five, so we're still getting up, you know, early, but maybe 30 minutes later, um, we yeah. can take our time a little bit through breakfast to get out the door. So, so that's been nice. You know, it, it makes me think about how to do that in, you know, back in normal life, how to slow the pace down somewhat. Um, other things I think, been able to really prioritize um, and say, okay, here's when I'm going to work. I'm going to take a break in the afternoon and really focus on time with my son. I might get back on in the evenings to do do some more work. work. And I do that normally, but I don't know, it feels more hectic. So right now it doesn't feel as hectic. Um, the other side, the flip side though, is that you know, we're missing you guys. We're missing the students. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been going into school and working with my colleagues, which is great that we still are able to do that collaboration, but we miss you guys. So um, that's different. <laughs> yeah, we miss you too. Well, thanks. thanks sure thanks, thing. All right. Good luck with everything. Yeah. Take care. To move on, this is Mira here with Young Kim, our SUCO president, for an interview on how the Student Council has been dealing with distance learning. So to start off, how has SUCO been dealing with communicating during this break, and what are some of the positives and negatives to distance learning? Um, well, I've been in contact with the advisors mostly, and it's kind of hard to get in contact with all the other members with everything that's going on. But we've kind of settled into a pattern of working in groups already, and so for example, Ellie Reidenbach, she's like mostly in charge of the class comp. So when you guys are doing the stuff on Flipgrid, it's largely like her kind of organizing it and also. And so I think 
in that sense, it hasn't been too difficult, but of course we can't continue some of the major changes that we are trying to make, such as um, like the safe group and Stuco has been trying to work on eliminating plastic at school. Um, but that requires a lot of collaboration with adults who we obviously don't have contact with right now. And so we've kind of had to pause progress on those things. Um, yeah, so that's why the majority of what we're doing right now is very community life oriented rather than getting the governance people to work on policy change. How has community life been adapting to the new school format? Can you explain a little bit about what community life is focusing on with class comps? A majority of students are participating in like the virtual class comps. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows, but it's it's kind of simple things like that you can send in. And I think it's a way for people to just stay connected. But obviously, um, there's like so much you can do. And I think a lot of it's like people are already on like the virtual world right now a lot. So what you don't want to do is make them like add another layer of stress on like your phone or your computer devices and stuff. Uh, so... How have you been handling this break from school with your own schoolwork and your role as Duco president? Well, I mean, you also have to take into account that I'm a senior. And so, like, there's already that added, like, I'm already in a relaxed state. But I also just finished, like, my research paper. And so there is a lot of stress going on in terms of, like, everybody's adjusting. And I think students often forget that even though you're adjusting to the new system, so are teachers. So even though they're giving us a lot of work, or at least that's what I've heard. You have to consider that, like on the other side, they're they're trying to learn this new system as well. Um, and so are like the administration. So that's why you're getting constant surveys sent to you and asked, asked like asking, getting asked for feedback. And I think, like even I, as I do the feedback, it's very um, like you don't really see the difference that much because, of course, there's like a learning curve. But I can tell you that like the, the administration is taking the feedback pretty seriously, especially since it's a new system. They're trying to make sure that they're hearing us out. And so as Stuka members, we've been asked to kind of communicate anything that we hear from the students and relay it over like we do at school. But now it's more kind of easier because all the complaints that are being made are like online. So you can yeah. direct it and you can word by word relay the, the, the concern. Um, for example, like in my Lang class, they're f- switching from video-based learning to like audio-based learning because people are talking about how like their eyes are always strained over there and there's too much time on the computer. And so I think it shows that like teachers are taking actionable steps, but also, yeah, it is pretty stressful because on top of the fact that you're like in social isolation, like you kind of have to start adjusting. But what, what seniors have said is that it's like a preview to college because a lot of college work is, you know, self-paced. And so you have to figure out your own schedule and and basically the teacher is only on the side of when you submit it. And so, yeah, I think it's a good time for people to kind of work on their time management. Okay, yeah, you basically answered my last question. So that was it. Thank you. Thank cool. you. Next up, here's Mr. Nelson with a pre-spring break message. What is up, Mustangs? We have finally made it to spring break, and no joke, it is time to take an intentional break. It's a hard transition to make if you've been pushing academically and spending a lot of time from morning to night on distance learning, but spring break is a legit time to just disconnect from your academic focus. If you are in town, 
Um, you know, secure season is right on top of us and the weather has been beautiful. Go outside, go check out the trees. It'll probably be gorgeous this year. Um, just spend some time outside, even if you just stay locally in Tokyo. It's going to be tempting over the spring break after pushing really hard to just kind of do nothing um, and kind of laze about and, you know, binge watch morning to night, Netflix, sleep in, all that stuff. And that's kind of cool for a day or two over the course of the break. But if you spend the whole week in your room or hold up and not doing anything, you're not going to come out of the spring break feeling energized or kind of rejuvenated to kind of pick back up again for the rest of school. You're going to feel like you just kind of got nothing done. And then that's going to really kill your motivation going into post spring break. So you got to make sure that you're staying active and doing some other things, um, diverse things with your time. It's a great time to go for a hike, you know, Mount Cow or something like that. Take a train out, um, go hang out in a park. So every day, if you make plans to just kind of go meet people and, you know, just sit in the park and hang out and, you know, get kombini food and just chill, go get your nails done or go do some self-care stuff, go work out. Um, it's a great opportunity to go see some movies, um, you know, maybe the crowds won't be there. Everybody's staying at home. Um, you know, meet up and, and you can maybe go see a good movie. But find some way to get yourself out of the house. For our family, we love to go for bike rides around Tama. Um, and sometimes you just never know what you're going to discover as you do that. I remember this one time we ran into this guy who was walking through the cemetery near school. And he had like a, a wagon with a giant tortoise on it. And he was just walking through the cemetery. And we stopped and he took the tortoise out of the wagon and let my son kind of like hang out and pet him and feed him. And um, this other time, there's this guy in Nogawa and he had a duck and a dog as his pets. And they were just hanging out in the park, um, just kind of enjoying the spring weather, sitting under the trees. But if you get outside, you never know what you're going to discover and you might find something fun. Um, and it's also a good time to kind of invest in a personal hobby or something you've been putting off, you know. So for me, it's drawing and painting. And, you know, since I've been on the computer so much, I'm really excited just to get into some kind of like offline uh, creative time um, just to kind of, you know, invest in some things that I enjoy doing. If you have that particular hobby that you haven't been able to spend some time on, spring break's a great time to kind of disconnect and, and kind of invest in that. So I hope you guys have a great week. If you're traveling, stay safe, stay healthy, right? Wash your hands. Um, take this time over the break to kind of re-energize yourself and spend some time with, with some people that you care about. All right. Be well, Mustangs. And we'll see you uh, when we're back from the break. Hi, everyone. This is Jacob Foster with our final segment, a news update. World news highlights this week. In China, the national government is withdrawing the press credentials of American journalists from three major U.S. newspapers, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. Beijing announced on Wednesday that this was retaliation against U.S. restrictions on Chinese journalists. This war of words, with both sides revoking the accreditations of the other, has been a sharp escalation of disagreements on media, further exacerbated by the ongoing trade war and COVID-19 epidemic this year. At the Greek-Turkish border, clashes broke out after 500 migrants attempted to break down a border fence and enter Greece. Greek police have stated that they used tear gas to repel the push, which began at 2 a.m. and lasted for roughly two hours. 
Turkey, having absorbed some 3.5 million refugees fleeing from neighboring Syria and other countries in the past few years, has had tensions with the EU regarding the economic burden of supporting such an influx. In the United States, the race for the Democratic National Committee nomination has continued between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Biden has recently swept three key primaries in Florida, Illinois, and Arizona on Tuesday night, dominating for the third consecutive week. Meanwhile, Sanders, who is lagging behind in delegates, faces a decision on whether to stay in the running or to exit, and instead seeks to unify the party. In the background, fears of COVID-19 has resulted in a few states choosing to delay their primaries in response to the outbreak. You can follow the political scene on any U.S. news platform and follow the delegate count with the NPR's and the Associated Press's delegate tracker. This week's news comes from the Associated Press, Reuters, The Guardian, and The New York Times. That's all for today. See you after the break. And that was The Delio. We hope you found this episode interesting and informative. We'll be taking a one-week break from the series for spring break. But stay tuned for our episode on the Vocal Jazz Ensemble, coming out over the break. And don't forget to check out this week's bonus episode, a discussion on coronavirus and sports by Adam, Tyler, and Hugh. Thank you to all of our interview panelists, interviewees, and Delio team members. Don't forget to tune in this Wednesday for our report on the VJE on delio.asij.ac.jp or the Hanabi website. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a great spring break.